Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles podcast. Carly Kistler-Miller has joined me today, and we are going to discuss the second half of our spring regulatory agenda uh, discussion. Welcome, Carly. Well, thank you, Miles. My blood pressure has gone down from our first podcast now, so I'm ready for the next 10. Well, I hope you're fastened, fastened your seatbelt because we're starting off with Treasury and IRS. Oh, well, let's just, you know, jump right in. All right. So RIN, that's the, the number you could look up, listeners, if you want to uh, get more details on this. RIN 1545-BP64 is additional guidance under Section 199A. And what is 199A? Obviously, you are not an accountant. You are so right about that. (laughs) The proposed regulations would provide guidance on the determination of the unadjusted basis immediately after acquisition of qualified property, unquote. Okay. So... If you buy something, how much can you depreciate? That's what I thought it meant. Okay. Okay. So there's a lot of words in here, but here's something I highlighted in my quick stroll through these uh, notes on this this, uh, proposal. Finally, the proposed regulations would provide additional guidance on reporting requirements for relevant pass-through entities. Those are subchapter S, small, closely held, family companies like our members. Like our members. And this is a notice of proposed regulatory. Okay, so I was going to ask, because in the last one you explained it to me, there's a and- Pram and, and Pram, and that's a, a notice that it's coming of proposed rulemaking. Of pro- yes, and then there's the N Pram. Well, the N Pram was advance notice of proposed advance notice, right? And the N Pram is it's just notice of proposed rulemaking. Okay, and the RIN number is the regulation identifier number, and that's how it's listed in the in the Federal Register and on reginfo.com. That's how you find it. That's how you find it. Okay. 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 So that was an NPRAM. What, do you still get something from the IRS? Uh, yeah. So, and that's, this guidance is, uh, this NPRM is scheduled for 12-2022. Oh, just in time for a new tax year. Yeah. So, uh you know, I'm sure that we'll be okay and it won't look back. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know. Logic would state. Logic however. would state. However, this is Miles and not Mr. Spock. So who knows? <laughs> so December 2022, we're expecting the notice of proposed rulemaking on Section 199A. So all you excited finance and accounting and cost accounting and Depreciation buffs, December, baby. It's the playoffs. (laughs) Oh, my. I'm sorry. When you start with sports metaphors, it cracks me up. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) 
I feel your pain. What, what's, what's next? So again, Treasury, IRS, research and experimentation expenses. This has been a difficult issue for many shops. What constitutes a bona fide research expense? What is not? If it is a research expense, it can be depreciated. It can be treated differently on taxes than if it's just an ordinary cost of business. And some people get pretty creative. I'm not saying there's science fiction writers out there, but I'm sure there's a few people with the Hugo or Nebula Award on their shelf for their research and experimentation expense. Okay. <laughs> so Section 174 requires taxpayers to amortize their specified research or experimental expenditures rateably over a five-year period. Actually, if it's done foreign, it's a 15-year period. Um, beginning with the midpoint of the taxable year in which the specified research or experimental expenditures are paid or incurred, Further, any amount paid or incurred in connection with the development of any software is treated as a research or experimental expenditure. This sounds like a good thing. It sounds to me to be pretty complicated. So if I spend two hours updating my software database, yeah. if I'm developing a new table in my software database, is that now five-year amortized. I don't know. This is complicated. That's why I'm not an accountant either. Yeah, beats me. This is an NPRAM, right? So notice of proposed rulemaking. Yeah. Again, 1222. Sure, right before yeah. the new tax year. Right, yeah. Okay. Uh, both of these were non-significant, by the way. Yeah, you wouldn't bring up anything non-significant. No, so. no. Okay, are we done with the IRS? We are. Phew. We are. Who are we on to? What's next agency? We're on to the EPA, and you've got to help me keep my blood pressure <laughs> down, Carly. When it comes to the EPA, Miles, yes. I don't know if I have that power. <laughs> well, we're, we're praying somebody does. Okay, deep breath. Deep breath. Mm -hmm. RIN 2040-AG19, revised definition of waters of the United States. I've heard you talk about this. This is a mess. Ugh. We're hopeful that this will clear up this limbo, this, this whatever the situation is, and finally gives property owners, like shop owners, um, the clarity to know that that stormwater retention pond that takes the drainage off the parking lot, like out front here, mm -hmm. Is no longer considered a navigable waterway. Navigable? Navigable waterway. By and what, subject a mouse to permits and a by the boat? EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers. Oh my gosh. Yes. So in April 2020, the EPA and Department of the Army published the Navigable Waters Protection Rule that revised the previously codified definition of waters of the United States. They initiated a new rulemaking process to restore the regulations in place prior to the 2015 Clean Water Rule, updated to be consistent with relevant Supreme Court decision. I don't need to go any further. Oh. It's a mess. We're hoping that it restores property rights and common sense to the men and women 
that are providing the jobs that are making the stuff that make America a great place to be. So what, what's the action? Where are they in this process? This is going to be a final rule, and it's August. This August? Uh, yeah, like... Like next month? Yeah, next month. Okay. By the time we're all back from vacation, oh. this sucker should be there. Well, that's what it says. That's what it says. <laughs> that's what it <laughs> Just because we have it in writing. Right. Mm-hmm. That's one. There's a bunch of EPA ones, but let's go to the one that... I mean, so the, the next one on the list is automobiles and light-duty trucks, new source performance standards. You know what? Somebody, that's somebody else. We'll make the parts. Yeah. You, you make the design, we'll make the part. Yeah. And apparently we'll use experimental <laughs> expenditures for, to make design those parts, and then we'll get like a write-off. Get the <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You see? I don't think you can connect these dots. No, miles. no, I, but I'm trying. Right? I know, I love it. So uh, EPA RIN 2060-AV32. Determination of attainment by the attainment date, extensions of the attainment date, and reclassification of marginal non-attainment areas for the 2015 Ozone National Ambient Air Quality Standards. Excuse me, I'm going to get a drink. I was going to say, huh? <laughs> what? Please explain. This action relates to the determinations of whether certain non-attainment areas for the 2015 ozone national ambient air quality standards attained by the attainment date based on the area's design values as of the attainment date. Carly, here's the simple in English. Thank you. They made rules for ozone that said the standard for ozone is some level. What they didn't consider is that that level is actually below what is natural in some areas. Oh, geez. So they designed in the legislate in the, in the regulation. The regulation says we have to attain a level that Cuyahoga National Forest Park, whatever we call this, mm -hmm. it's it's above Yosemite, probably high ozone. Wait, yeah. you mean our national park? Yes. right over there. Yes, is yeah. above this level. Yes, it's a park. I know. It's not doing yeah. anything. Well, and many national parks are as well. Oh, my. Okay, they're wilderness areas, but they have high ozone. Okay. But the law says they they got to be low. So what, what happens? You need to take some measure to reduce the ozone, even though it's naturally occurring. Can't put any more in. That means no more car, no drive, don't go in. Mm. This, is, this is economically chilling. At best. Sounds like cut off your nose to spite your it's, face. It's hubris. Like, yeah, well. Uh, yeah, yeah, we could go no on. No politics, right? Anyway. So this is a final rule, and it's slated for October of 2022. October? October of, of this 2022, year. yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so ozone, so. Ozone seems to come up a lot. Well, it does. So the very next one yeah. <laughs> is determinations of attainment by the attainment date, extensions of attainment date, and reclassification of serious non-attainment areas for the 2008 Ozone National Ambient Air Quality Standards. So we have two standards, the 2015 Ozone National Standard and the 2008 National Ambient Air Quality Standards. We can make a drinking game every time you say attainment. 
We'd be bombed. Absolutely. <laughs> Final rule, this one also coming out October 2022. It says so right here. And you have it in writing. I, I do. So we can skip over multi-pollutant emission standards for model years 2027 and later light-duty vehicles. Uh, and let's move to, ta-da, reconsideration of the National Ambient Air Quality Standards for ozone. Oh, my gosh. Have another drink. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Have another drink. <laughs> so there's EPA published a final decision re, re, retaining the ozone standard uh, as directed in uh, Executive Order 13990 um, in January of 2021. They decided to uh, review, based on the review, EPA has undertaking a reconsideration of the December 31st, 2020 decision. As a result of this reconsideration, EPA intends to develop a policy assessment for the reconsideration to take into account all of the policy relevant information developed throughout the 2020 review to engage with the Clean Air Scientific Advisory Committee and a newly constituted expert ozone panel. This is an NPRM, Notice of Proposed Rulemaking, for April 2023. So, if memory serves, the ones we were just talking about are this year for yes. our final rule. Yeah. And then they're, they're going yeah. to attack this. Right. So, this is reconsideration of the National Air Quality, ambi Ambient Air Quality Standards for Ozone, but we're already finalizing rules to the 2008 standard and the 2015 standard. But now we're going to reconsider this while those other two are coming. So it's like, I don't know. I, I, I don't, don't know, know either. I don't know. It's like that final scene in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. <laughs> Everybody's pointing, pointing at, at everybody, everybody else. else. So I don't know. There's, there's a, a handful more of EPA ones, but let's, let's go to the one rescinding the rule on increasing consistency and transparency in considering benefits and costs in the Clean Air Act rulemaking process. <laughs> Didn't we just talk about this? Well, this is clean air, not ozone. Oh, excuse but, me. <laughs> but if you'd listen to the title carefully, yes, we are going to rescind the rule on increasing consistency and transparency in considering benefits and costs in the Clean Air Act rulemaking process. Plain English reading of this says, I can't wait to dive into this one. I'm going to call my retired English teacher because this is not plain language friendly stuff. So they're rescinding the rule on increasing, so it's going to be decreasing consistency, consistency and, and transparency decreasing transparency. And considering benefits and costs in rulemaking. In the rulemaking process. <laughs> yeah, well. Immediately effective procedural rule establishing processes related to the development and consideration of benefit cost analysis that EPA must undertake. So um, January 2021 executive order. Um, directed EPA to review this and consider a proposed rule to suspend, revise, or rescind consistency and transparency in rulemaking. That's, <laughs> that's all I'll say. Thank you, Mrs. Geralds, great English teacher. I'm not in government. Final rule, this is a final rule, July 2022. 
It is July 2022. When we leave the studio, we may find, I may find this on my computer. Wow. I'm not holding my breath. Okay. What's so, next? Uh, again, EPA, mm-hmm. very important. Listeners, if you've been just giving us a part of your attention, if you use N propyl bromo, if you use one bromopropane or N propyl bromide um, for cleaning in your shop, um, this rule, RIN 2070-AK73, one bromopropane rulemaking under TSCA Section 6A, we call that TOSCA, Toxic Substances Control Act, requires EPA to address unreasonable risks of injury to health or the environment that the administrator has determined are presented by a chemical substance under conditions of use. One bromopropane, this is, this is under the microscope. Yeah. This one's not going to survive. This one's not going to survive. And are we glad? I, I, I'm, I'm okay with this, but the warning for my shops is if you're using this, something could affect you're, it. You're going to need to find a different way to clean without this substance. That may mean new technology, will certainly mean new solvent, new cleaner. And so you need to budget for that change. This is a final rule. The end. Pram, the timetable for this um, goes as follows. The final statutory TOSCA Section 6C was August 12, 2022. That's the legal deadline. Okay. The legal deadline for the notice of proposed rulemaking is August 12, 2021. That happened. The timetable now is NPRAM, the notice of proposed rulemaking. 05 2023 and the final rule 08 2024. August 2024, you may know the writing will be on on the paper, on the internet, whether or not you can continue to use one bromopropane. At least there's a little bit of time to prepare for that. There is, but you know what? Don't waste it because this is costs. This is costs are involved. Yeah, I mean so so let's say when when this so right now you can go and you can say, look, I need to, I need to replace my cleaning system. Okay. And we all know that we've got supply chain issues. Yes. Okay. We know that there's delays. Anybody building a house now knows, you know, it's, it's, you know, months and months and months and months. Okay. Imagine now August deadline hits and now every shop that's using this, and maybe it's only a thousand shops, but now all of a sudden a thousand people need Replacement substances, replacement mm-hmm. equipment, you know, um, it, could be, it could be difficult to Raising get. So don't wait. Supply. Yeah. Yep. don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. What's next? Uh, <clears throat> I'm almost repeating myself. EPA RIN 2070-AK83, trichloroethylene rulemaking under TOSCA Section 6A. Exactly the same situation. This is a very important cleaner. If you really need to fuse metal to glass, if you need an optical seal, you can't have any oil. You can't have anything. Trichlor is the proven. It is specified on some military prints. Must use trichlor. EPA doesn't care. EPA's done their assessment, and their assessment is going to result in uh, 
notice of proposed rulemaking of March of 2023 and a final rule of August 2024. So now you're competing with the N-propopropane. Yeah. N-propylbromide people, right? One bromopropane was the one before this. Now anybody using trichlor is going to be in the same line. In the same time frame, too. Same time frame. Sooner rather than later. So if you're using that, if you're a PMPA member, please reach out to Miles at PMPA. Reach me by email. Reach me by phone. And I'll help you. Um, I'll put you on a list so we can keep you advised. And I'll also help you find some substitute uh, suppliers of substitute cleaners. And also maybe help you find contractors to uh, replace your cleaning systems using those that use those legacy solvents. All right. Are we done with the EPA yet? Kind of, sort of. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so the Council of Environmental Quality isn't really the EPA, but it is a federal agency. Okay. And the National Environmental Policy Act Guidance on Consideration of Greenhouse Gas Emissions and Climate Change uh, has showed up. Oh, dear. And it's got a legal deadline notice of July of 2022. So this is in regard to the Executive Order 13990 from January 20th of 2021. The wheels of government grind slow. Protecting public health and environment and restoring science to tackle the climate crisis. Well. So we're expecting a notice of proposed rulemaking this August. I have no idea, but I imagine the electricity that we use to machine is going to be more expensive. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. And greenhouse gas emissions and climate change, does that just affect electricity? Does it affect any other part of the shop? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't either. I don't know, but... Um, so you got to be on the alert. We're... We've got a lot of reading to do. A lot. This, this just we, came out. That, that's the royal we, the mister. Royal you're we, you're yeah. doing a lot of reading. Not going to help me with that. <laughs> no. <right>? Okay. <laughs> Last two, Carly. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Don't really want to talk about these. Just want to let employers know. NLRB has a joint employer rule. It's a notice of proposed rulemaking. The RIN is 3142-AA21. And this is a rulemaking on the standard for determining whether two employers, as defined by Section 2.2 of the National Relations Act, are joint employers under the Act. Uh, so they can, they can look that up. Notice proposed rulemaking, July 2022. So it could drop any day. Okay. And the final one is Election Protection Rule, NORB. RIN is 3142-AA22. They will be revising representation election procedures located at 29 CFR, that's Code of Federal Regulations, Part 103, focusing on amendments from April 2020. This is a notice of proposed rulemaking, September 2022. We'll be keeping you informed of these, I'm sure our attorneys at Fisher Phillips, as well as our crack team in Washington, the Franklin Partnership, will help us identify these issues as they come up, provide the best guidance to our members. 
So keep an eye on the listservs because that's where Miles will send out these updates the minute he gets them. Absolutely. I'm not kidding. Like 10 o'clock at night, if he gets them, he's sending them out so that you have them as soon as possible. That wraps up today's podcast on, dare I say, the top 20 issues in the federal government's executive branch regulatory agenda for spring. Thank you for joining us. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org, where you can also search for articles, webinars, podcasts, and other resources. Yes, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast because you don't want to miss one. And if you aren't already taking advantage of PMPA membership, who are you going to call on any of these things? Right. Right? (laughs) Right? Be sure to check out pmpa.org to see all we have to offer. And why is a PMPA membership important, Carly? Because Because we we are are better better together. together. Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles.